Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. We know of sustainable tourism, which aims to counterbalance social and environmental impacts associated with travel. It's morphed into regenerative travel, or leaving a place better than you found it. Regenerative travel is the next big trend for conscious travelers. It tries to ensure that the benefits contributed by visitors outweigh the resources they consume. It's intentional tourism to create positive contributions to the quality of life. We'll discuss this new awareness and later talk about places in the world with our guest, Paul Melhus, CEO and co-founder of Tours by Locals, with offices on four continents, serving over 1.5 million travelers, and currently providing meaningful work opportunities to 4,700 local guides around the world. Paul is Canadian, and travel has been a constant in his life. Welcome to Places I Remember, Paul. Thanks, Leah. Nice to, uh, nice to be here. Well, what exactly is Tours by Locals, and how does it fit in with regenerative travel? Tours by Locals is a platform that is designed to connect travelers and uh, local tour guides. And we're, we're trying to create a, uh, a place where people can have a, a better experience than just seeing the site. So through the platform, our travelers will connect with a, a local guide. They'll take a look at you know, the various tours that they offer, pick one that kind of tweaks their interest. And then through the platform, they can uh, customize the experience. And basically, the platform is all for private tours. So you get to choose who you want to be with. Uh, it's, uh, it's not you with 40 other people on a big bus. It's uh, typically three to four people is our average group size and the tour guide. And we are in 193 countries around the world, so something like 1,500 destinations. All of the the usual suspects, you know, Rome, Paris, the, lots of smaller ones as well. You can go to the the Faroe Islands, Whitehorse in the Yukon. You know, some of the smaller places that uh, maybe don't uh, come up on people's travel radar. So, and it is our goal actually to kind of offer private tours everywhere people travel. So we've still got a lot of work to do. I I believe there's around 3,500 destinations that that we want to include on the platform. And we have a whole team that's dedicated to building out the number of tours on the, on the site. Great. And the You're locations. thinking big. I like yeah, that. Indeed. Now, how did Tours by Locals start? The initial idea for it was in the year 2006. My partner and I, Dave Vincent, who's actually the uh, CTO of the company, uh, were traveling to uh, China and we were in Beijing. It was the last day of our stay there and uh, we still hadn't seen the Great Wall. So so it was uh, figuring out how to do that was really important to us. If you've been to Beijing, you know that you can access the wall at a number of locations. The typical one for people is called Battling, but it's like the Disney version of the Great Wall. It's been all fixed up and, you know, there's the tour bus parking over here and the 
great hordes of travelers going to see it. Well, you know, that really has zero interest for us. So we hired a guy to take us out to a place called Simitai, which is about two hours out of Beijing. And as we were walking to get onto the wall, we passed a group of, I guess, maybe 20 Chinese women, and two of them kind of came off after us. And, you know, while we we're walking around, kind of just looking at the sites, they introduced themselves and they actually spoke pretty good English. And we started up a conversation with them and they, you know, wanted to offer us a, a kind of an impromptu a tour of the Great Wall. Um, they were actually farmers and they did this on the uh, days when there was no uh, farm work to do. So we had a really great experience with the two of them for a couple of hours. But, you know, always there was this undercurrent of why are they doing this? You know, what's going to happen at the end of it all? And indeed, uh, when the tour, when it's time for us to go to the airport, they brought out their cards and books and all the various tchotchkes that uh, they tried to sell us and stuff we weren't really very interested in. So, uh, but we bought a few things. I think it was like $15. You know, we had no money to speak of because it was our last day and we got it, got rid of it all. So on the plane, we started a conversation about how, you know, this could have been so much better experience, both for us and for those two women who they had value to give us. And we were interested in, in hearing their story. Uh, certainly the information about the Great Wall and the history was really interesting, but also learning something about their life and the kind of reality of what life was like for them as farmers and part-time tour guides. So over the course of two years, we developed the kind of concept for tours by locals. And by October of 2008, we were ready with first iteration of the of the product. Of course, that was one month after Lehman Brothers crashed the world. So here we are with our brand new platform, no guides and optimism for the future. Anyways, as it turned out, the Great Recession was a real benefit to us because, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to start the platform. It was all self-financed. So, you know, if you have no guides, why would travelers come? And if you have no travelers, why would guides sign up? But when, you know, the world is crashing down around us, at least that was the, the headline of the time, uh, it was a really easy pitch to go out and sign up guides. And that's what we did for the for the first two years of our existence. Then when travel started to heal, we were there to, with a credible product offering. And basically, it's been a constant growth pattern ever since up until, well, I'm going to say March of 2020 was when everything basically crashed again. So, And we're just digging our way out of it right, right. now. So. I'm sure you'll climb way back up in 2022. There was a great penchant for travel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're really starting to see it. We're super optimistic for, for the future because this idea of regenerative travel ha has been building for a long time. And, you know, I, I think the pandemic accelerates certain trends. And I think it will accelerate this one because people are, uh, they were never very interested in 
sitting in a bus with 50 other people and they're going to be even less interested in it now. So the idea of the small group, much less impact on the, the local uh, environment, you know, when you're going in a group of uh, four or five people as opposed to a group of 40 or 50 people. So just kind of built into, into the experience is, is a, a lesser footprint and the idea of, you know, connecting with a local person and the money flows directly into their pocket as opposed to some, you know, tour operator that views the local person as a kind of cost, source of cost, you know, that they, they want to kind of grind it down, especially in developing countries. That's the area where I think that we have the biggest impact. A lot of people participate in the travel industry kind of on the margins. You know, we we have a guide of Agra who before tours by locals, you know, he would hang out at the entrance to the Taj Mahal and try and get $10 tour with, uh, um, you know, a whole bunch of other people from a, a Westerner. And now that he's on the platform tours by locals, you know, you, they communicate with each other. He has a professional preference, all of the kind of mechanics of paying and connecting and sort of vetting of the individual are done by ourselves. And then basically the, the guide shows up, the, they, um, they go off with their group, they have the experience. And then, you know, it's kind of like meeting a friend. So it it's a much more ennobling experience both for for the traveler and particularly for the local guy. Right. I know in many countries, many underdeveloped countries, when you go to a square or you walk near a tourist site, there'll be a whole bunch of people coming towards you and trying to be your guide. It's a, it's, it's chaos. Oh, yeah. I like to hire a guy. This makes it much more pleasant for all. As you said, there are some over-traveled areas in this world. What makes a place over-traveled and, and what are a few of these places, would you say? Oh, well, certainly um, it's probably much less of a problem right now than it used to be, unfortunately. But uh, definitely just the, you know, the the sheer impact of too many people at at one time, you know, Venice is a classic example of that. But, you know, a, a lot of these smaller places, like where the big cruise ship comes into port, 5,000 people descend on the destination and then, then they all leave. That's a real problem. There is a tendency or there will be a tendency for that to kind of reappear as as the world heals. And, and that's been one of the things that we've been working very hard on during the pandemic is to try and fill out some of the other destinations that are maybe close by but rather than going to venice why not go to verona you know it's it's super interesting place people kind of avoid it or it's not nearly as popular as venice but we've tried to get guides in in some of those smaller destinations that are close by the the main places that everybody wants to go so that we have we can offer a better experience in the smaller destinations right i happen to write a piece for forbes.com just about this and some of the under traveled areas were based on data were cambodia whereas uh thailand and vietnam are much more crowded and popular with tourists cambodia is less so uruguay was mentioned as one where people go to other countries nearby and 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 have not gone enough they have the facilities but they're not you know using them as much and a couple of the others albania jordan the seychelles and macau but there are many like that where people are ready and the tours are ready but the people aren't coming as much as they are to neighboring countries as you said yeah 
Those are Did all destinations please? where we have have guides, by the way. Of course. So. That's terrific. That's why you're here. Yeah. Can you please give us some tips for making safe and sustainable travel plans as we travel more and more in the coming, coming months? Well, certainly um, it's important to be aware of your destination and, and that, or, you know, what's going on because it can change from uh, fairly quickly. And so that's one of the benefits of connecting with a local guide because they have the knowledge about what's actually happening on the ground. But I guess the biggest thing that, that we might like to suggest is maybe a slower travel. And, you know, rather than just trying to hit five different destinations in a week, you know, spend the whole week in one place or, or one or two. And then the other thing would be to travel in February, <laughs> or rather, I should say, whatever February happens to be for the place that you're going. So, you know, the the off season, like Barcelona is awesome in February. You know, the temperature is in the mid teens, I guess, which in centigrade is not too bad. It's sunny, it's beautiful, and there's nobody there. So you'll have the have the place to yourself. So uh, I think that would be the, the best thing is to try and avoid the crowds. I mean, uh, there's it's less crowded right now than it has been. Although I have to say, you know, our sales so far are up 639% what? over the same period last year. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> but a <big> trend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we certainly do have a lot of uh, built uh, pent up demand. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. During the pandemic, of course, we saw a lot more people traveling to the national parks. We were trying to get people out of Yellowstone and into some of the smaller uh, places that are equally as interesting. We have an episode on that. There are oh, okay. so many wonderful parks and yeah. uh, they are many of them empty compared to the big ones. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. So yeah, well, I would also add, maybe consider the most eco-friendly way of getting to your chosen destination. Uh, for example, if you fly, you can sign up for a carbon reduction platform to help offset your flight's carbon footprint and donate to certified eco projects, just something to try to mitigate yeah, yeah. Defi definitely air travel is is a big contributor to climate change. Uh, so if you can do that sort of thing, it's really excellent. And but again, probably flying less, staying longer is it would be a, a really good thing to I do. I think that's a win-win because there's <laughs> nothing lovelier to than staying for a while and feeling a place and, and feeling the, the sense of place that you get when it's slow travel. I oh, absolutely. It. Yeah. And now I I know that you collect travel data. So tell us about 2022 travel trends. What are a few of them? It's really changed uh, a lot um, over 2020 and 2021. What we're really seeing is a return to Europe. In 2021, the top destinations for, for us were places like Boston, Charleston, the national parks, Hawaii. And our sales in those areas have remained consistent. But what's happened is that uh, the usual uh, Europe has really taken over. Um, so our, our number one destination for 2022, based on bookings so far in this year, is Rome. And that's followed by Amsterdam, Athens, 
Paris, which Paris, it's a bit of a surprise. Usually it's a toss-up between is it going to be Rome or Paris that is the not vying for the top spot. But now we've got people going to Amsterdam, maybe a little bit smaller destination, Athens, and then you know, London, the Amalfi Coast, Lisbon. Uh, all you know, these these are all European destinations that are uh, super uh, popular. But what we're seeing is that these bookings are for earlier in the year, not so much out into June and July and August, which is kind of the high travel season. So people are they can't actually, wait. They want to get there before the summer. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, it's what we uh, what we encourage anyways, because we want people to go when there isn't uh, when nobody else is. That's right. that's our balance mantra. it out. Balance yeah. is the key to life. Yeah, exactly. How about increasing bookings across South America and Asia? Yeah, um, uh, South America has started to pick up, not to the same extent as Europe. A lot of places have just recently opened up, like, for example, Argentina and Uruguay just opened themselves for travel starting in November. And I think, you know, even though, you know, people could book and with the expectation that they would be able to travel a little bit later, they have they typically won't do that until the place is actually open. They can do so because, you know, if if the cancellation policy is very flexible, so they will get a, you know, they would get a refund anyways if they couldn't go. But we've started to see Ecuador, Buenos Aires, uh, Mendoza pick up. And again, you mentioned Uruguay. So there's uh, some people going to Punta del Este and uh, and Montevideo. So and those are uh, wonderful places to visit. Yeah, it, certainly. It's a great, if you want to get away from the cold of the north, uh, that's the time to go. In, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, I know you've traveled the world, Paul. So let's share some travel stories, uh, a few of your favorite places that you can think of that maybe have stories to, to share. <laughs> Well, of course, uh, I already mentioned about the origin story of Tours by Locals. That was that was pretty life-changing for me. I guess being a Canadian and growing up in, in the Canadian North, I've always had an affinity for the uh, North. So I really would, one of the things that I'd like to recommend to everybody is that you should fly to Whitehorse in the in the Yukon, Canada's Yukon, rent an SUV, and then drive from there to Tuktoyaktuk, which is on the uh, Arctic Ocean. It's about, mm, I'm going to say, 1,300 kilometers. Wow. And of course, you want to take a little <laughs> side trip to uh, Dawson City. And, uh, you know, you have to go to the uh, diamond tooth uh, girdies there and the the hotel and taste the uh, sour toe cocktail uh, have you the sour heard of that? toe cocktail sour toe cocktail can yeah can you explain that one please oh sure yes uh, so basically you know uh, it's cold in the north and people do get frostbite so i don't know how this got started but anyways some guy donated his big toe that had got amputated because it was you know it had too bad a frostbite and uh, so they they preserve it in salt in at this hotel and you you go there and there's a the tow captain is there and basically you buy a shot of whiskey he puts the tow into the whiskey and what? then you have to you have to drink it and you know the the poem is drink it fast drink it slow your lips must touch the gnarly toe. 
I've never heard of that before. Oh, it's really fun. How many times have you done that, Paul? I've done it once, but okay. you know, I, I'm like, uh, you get a nice certificate, and I think I'm about uh, number 80,000 of people oh, that have goodness. done this experience. Yeah. So I think um, I'll pass on that one. But no, no, I no. Love it's it. super fun. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you uh, chew or uh, swallow the toe, there's a $2,500 fine because people have done that. So. <laughs> really? And it yes. comes out at the end, I guess. It comes uh, back I imagine it clean. does. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's a, uh, that's a, a three day uh, detour to Dawson city and the, the gold mining center of uh, the Yukon and then drive on the Dempster highway. It's fantastically uh, beautiful. The uh, engineers who designed the uh, highway, I feel must've been poets because they couldn't have picked a more picturesque route through the north and it's really really worth give us another one with another digit (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah and then of course when you get to tuktiaktuk you you really ought to go swimming in the arctic ocean how cold is that um well you know salt water can get doesn't freeze at zero so the average surface temperature of the ocean there is about minus one degrees centigrade so what would that be in Fahrenheit about 30 degrees yeah something like that yeah yeah you don't go for too long but it's worth a a quick dip (laughs) I like your trips Paul (laughs) (laughs) so that that's pretty memorable some of the other things that kind of come to mind would be going to the highlands in Scotland I I think you've probably been there eh, oh yes yeah and you know this kind of popular now because of the uh, Outlander series that's based on real real things and it's pretty interesting to go to some of those old druid standing stones and be there with a local guide and kind of experience what people thousands of years ago were were creating for us to to enjoy today that's no toes too i like this one no no toes no starkly beautiful yeah exactly how about somewhere else when well when i'm just kind of recollecting some of my uh, favorite destinations memorable ones i have to remember going to rome a few years ago with my two sisters and kind of recreating a trip that i did with my parents probably you know 10 or 15 years previous to that and walking around the forum and spending an hour trying to find the that one place where my mother sat because it was super hot in Rome at the time and a little alcove uh, that she sat and I have this picture of her. And uh, so it was really nice to be able to discover that and share that with my, uh, with my two sisters. So that's a beautiful memory. Yeah. I love it. Travel. That's what travel brings us. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Well, the name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So, Paul, please give us one of your very favorite travel memories to end. Oh, sure. That would have to be uh, our trip to Buenos Aires in uh, 2012. We actually went down there to meet up with some of our guides. And there was one in particular, his name is uh, Luciano. He uh, gave us a tour of the city, which was awesome. He was uh, one of our best uh, tour guides in uh, in Buenos Aires. And then after we'd finished our tour, he invited us to go to, to dinner with him, uh, which we did. have picked a fantastic restaurant. But over the course of 
the the next few years, we corresponded with Luciano and had a need for him to or for somebody to look after our guides in South America. So we hired this uh, tour guide as our sort of business development person for South America. And over the course of I guess about five years, he took increasingly uh, more senior roles in in the company, and he's now the president. So uh, He's the president of the entire company. Yeah, exactly. What a great dinner for him. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out pretty well. It certainly was. That's the kind of thing that sometimes happens to you when you you get out and travel. You have these uh, unexpected consequences that uh, yeah well, sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad but they're always memorable so absolutely you've got to yeah. get out and go to have them yeah and uh and that's the great thing about travel you never know thank you very much paul mel who's ceo and co-founder of tours by locals we all need to be aware of our planet and regenerative travel led by companies like yours is the way to go now and in the future And I'm going to remember your story of Whitehorse forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks very much, Leah. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle. And I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, places I remember, And keep making your own travel memories. <laughs> <laughs>